I'm Julie. Hi, I'm Matt, and you're listening to American Polly. In this podcast, we will discuss intimate topics that highlight ethically non-monogamous lifestyles. We're your hosts, and we're so excited you're joining us on this adventure. Our podcast covers sexually explicit material and is meant for mature audiences only. So please, if you're a minor, navigate to a more appropriate podcast. Neither of us are licensed professionals, just average Joes, and our opinions should be taken as such. If you find our podcast interesting, please like and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, or visit our website at American-Polly.com, where you can check out our blog, ask questions, leave comments, or view our merchandise. Now please, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey there, welcome to American Polly. I'm Matt. And I'm Julie. Tonight we're going to talk about communication in an ethical non-monogamy relationship. And our big question of the night is, can you communicate too much? What's your opinion, Julie? No, I don't think you can. I think that communication is the backbone of a strong, ethically monogamous relationship. So I tend to agree with you, and I don't think that you can communicate too much. I think that there are sometimes struggles with communication, especially between couples, because sometimes you can run into... Issues where you don't feel comfortable maybe sharing something. Maybe you you have a something that you're just not really comfortable with. It could be maybe sexually or it could be something totally unrelated. And maybe it's something that happened in your childhood. Maybe it's something that happened to you, you know, as an adult that was very traumatic and you don't really feel comfortable sharing that with your partner. And I think that's where trust and open communication and really relying on your partner to be empathetic and understanding and really understanding you as a person of of being able to be open to that partner. So I think what you're talking about, Matt, is what I would call a safe place or a safe space. So when you are struggling to tell me something and you are not sure um, if you can vocalize or how I will perceive something, I can say to you, this is a safe space. Absolutely. I am, I am giving you the space to talk about your problem or your need or your want or your desire without judgment, without fear of me being angry or judgmental or um, flying off the handle or being upset with you or, or also too being emotional, being emotionally charged with you, either in a good way or a bad Absolutely. Just neutral. Absolutely. I, and, and there's been times where I've brought things to you and you have been very understanding and you've been very open to receiving those things and very um, empathetic as well. And it's really made me being able to trust you with things that I've never been able to really share with anyone. And it's been a period of growth with, I feel like for both of us in this relationship, 
um, in multiple levels. And I think that with us sharing and being open with each other so much that it's really helped us both grow as people and continue to grow. Oh, I, I totally agree. I think that um, knowing that when I have a problem or when I have a, um, a thought or an issue, I can come to you and I can say, Matt, I really need to talk about this and it's bothering me and you know, I'm not sure how to approach it. And then you will say, tell me what's on your mind. You know, it's okay. And so if I share with you a problem I'm having with a metamor or a problem I'm having in my career or a problem I'm having with school, um, hello, full-time students, <laughs> um, you will listen and you will, uh, non-objectively tell me what you think or you will let me vent mm -hmm. and that type of communication is important because when i feel like i can come to you with those things then when i have something that's even more important or more critical an issue that i'm having with you then i can come to you with those and, and a great example of that would be recently you had started seeing someone as a secondary relationship and you were unsure and you came to me and you said, I'm really not sure. I just, I feel like something is off here. And we had these discussions and you showed me some messages that you received from this person. And you told me how you were feeling about this person. And this is after intimacy. So you were sure. very hesitant to say, because I, I think that you wanted to you needed to vocalize how you were feeling and you needed to figure out where your head was. But at the same time, I'm sure in the back of your head, you're thinking, can I share this with Julie or is she going to be offended and upset that I am asking her about to give me advice about another relationship? Right. And it was difficult for me because I wasn't really sure how you were going to perceive that. And I wasn't sure if it was going to be received in the way that it could be you could be objective you know and not be like well this is how i feel and this is how i i want you to be and not so much like well that would make me feel weird or this would be uncomfortable or hey this is really sweet and wonderful and i can't believe she's doing that for you or saying these things to you. And so I was concerned about that. And I was concerned about, you know, overstepping or oversharing with you on some of the issues that I was having. And I think being able to talk through those things. And I think I'm going to sidestep here just a second. And I think the things that we're talking about tonight, not only do they relate to ethical non-monogamy, but they also relate to relationships in general. It doesn't matter if it's sexual or if it's, if it's just with a parent or a child or any relationships that you're having. I think that, you know, being able to be comfortable and being able to say these things and, and create a safe space for even a friend or a coworker to come to you and say these things and present uh, situations and things that they're feeling uncomfortable, uncomfortable with and um, not being non-judgmental and let them say what they need to say and really providing a safe space for them. 
I, I think the other important thing to remember when we talk about that safe space for communication is to allow your partner to hold that space. So when you are upset about something or something has happened and you come to me and you need to vent or you need to, um, you need a sympathetic ear, you need to, you need to cry it out a little, you need to be upset for a while. Often when we are that emotional, that is not a one-time situation. That is something that has happened, that is traumatic, that affects us. And to be upset one time or initially when it happens doesn't mean that that is the only time that we are going to feel that way. So not only do we create a safe space for our partners to have that discussion, but we hold that space so that when they are triggered in the future, by an event that reminds them of this time when they were upset, we hold that space to let them have that upset, have those emotions again, and to reassure them and say, I'm still here, I'm still going to listen, I'm still going to understand. Well, you know, that's interesting that you bring that up because that actually happened for us. And it was me that actually was very upset and I was extraordinarily emotional and you kind of let me just get it all out and at the time I didn't really realize why what was triggering that emotion for me and it wasn't till six months later that I actually realized and learned um, through my therapist that I what exactly triggered that emotion and it was kind of a, a revelation and an aha moment like I didn't realize that that event that happened so long ago had I had carried it with me for so long and you know it was it's still to this day, it's still to this day it's it's very overwhelming to know that something that happened so long ago that it carried through and it's still with me today and I really hadn't put all the pieces together and connected the dots to where that it all triggered from and I mean I, I'm still, I still struggle with that a little bit, um, but it's it's not as prevalent. It is not as as traumatic as it once was. Right, and um, I, I would totally agree with that. I think that holding that space for the people that we care about and letting them know that they they can use that when they need to, and I mean, obviously, you can't fly off a handle every five minutes, but when when the ball bounces too hard, when the trigger gets hit, when that ping button gets pushed, it's important that we have strong communication with our partners so that they know that they have the space to to be emotional and to let those things out and to be able to communicate how they're feeling and what has happened and what triggered it and why they're upset and know that they're not going to be judged or they're not going to be ridiculed or they're not going to be like, your partner isn't going to be like, oh my God, this again? I thought we already talked about this. I thought we were done with this. Because our bodies just don't work that way. Our minds don't work that way. We don't let go 
of the things that hurt us in the past quite that easily and quite that simply. Well, and I think it's important to remember, too, that it doesn't really necessarily have to be an emotional event. Like in my case, like I was trying to see in the, see someone else and, you know, it was just like I was very unsettled with all of it. And, you know, you you provided a space for me to come bring that to you and we talked through it and be like, why are you feeling this way? Why are you, um, you know, what's going on? Tell me about it. And I think the important thing too, for our listeners to remember is that that, that safe space that you provide your partner or partners is very fragile. And that those wall, that, that space that you provide for them can, can grow or it can shrink very rapidly. And, you know, you have to be really cognizant of your partner and be very cognizant of where they're at uh, when they bring this information to you. Let them talk, you know, don't, don't interrupt them. Don't keep asking why or how or what, let them finish and then say, to them, you know, at, respond to them on based on what they bring to you and not necessarily your own feelings. You have to separate that out because it's their feelings. They're the ones that have this emotion and they're the ones that are struggling, not you. You were there to provide a safe space, a safe um, sanctuary for them. And that can be difficult. It can be very hard to listen to your partner lament about uh, another relationship, another situation that's happening, and you hear that this person isn't being responsive or isn't treating them well or is being very pushy or maybe this person is crossing a boundary. And as someone who loves their partner, your instinct is to be like, I'll, you know, mama bear on them and be like, <laughs> no fucking way, get away from my partner. Right. And don't, and don't you dare treat them like that. And they deserve better than that. Sure. And it is kind of hard to separate that out a little bit and to be objective. But the thing to remember is that your partner sees something in this other person that draws them. And so then you have to talk to your partner and say, what happened when you were feeling that way? And how did you feel that way after? And what made, what were the circumstances that led to that? And do you feel comfortable now? And, you know, how do you want to proceed? What do you think the best option is? It's important to ask them their feelings at each step of the, of the game and not fly off the handle and be angry. Because when Matt came to me with his particular problem, and he explained the scenario to me, my first instinct was, well, I'm not really very happy with this person and I don't really want you to go out with them again because I didn't think that he was being treated fairly. And I kind of thought that he was being treated like a toy to be taken off and on the shelf, which of course is going to make me upset because he has so much more value than that. And I only want him to be with people who realize that value. Well, and I think it's important too that, I mean, this can not only happen with an individual relationship, uh, such as in my case, but it also can happen in when you're seeing another couple. And oh, absolutely. We had an instance where Julie um, was, we were actually seeing another couple and the individual that she was uh, interested in um, did something that upset me. And I was, I was 
very adamant that he should have not treated you that way and not done what he did uh, when you clearly spelled out your boundaries. And he, not only did he cross those boundaries, but he went above and beyond those boundaries. And, you know, I didn't realize it at the time, and I found out at a later date, and I was very um, disappointed and hurt and angry, and I think that I overstepped my bounds a little bit, uh, and I didn't give Julie enough time to really bring that to me without reacting. And I think that's a lesson that I learned with that is when she brings me something not to overreact and not to say, hey, this is wrong. This shouldn't happen. Why did you let this happen? You know, in the how future. can you still be with this person when they've done this? Exactly. That's another one. Because the, right. the, the whole thing that our listeners don't understand is that this happened very early on. And then you actually went out with him a couple of times after the fact. And I was very leery about that because you, when you did bring that to me, that you had another date after that. Mm -hmm. And um, oh, I'm the queen of second chances. And well, third. and that's extraordinarily admirable. And that's <laughs> one of the qualities. Sometimes. <laughs> one of the qualities that I like about you, among many others. However, the the thing that I struggled with is because I knew this going at, going into this second date that you were going to have, that I was already, I had already had preconceived notions in my mind. Like, mm -hmm. this is not going to work. This is not going to be the person for you. And, but I didn't give, I didn't give you enough opportunity to discover that on your own. Mm -hmm. I think I overshared and I think that I, was like, no, you shouldn't do this, and no, this is bad, and this is all these things where, and I didn't give, I didn't give you the space to come to me and be like, hey, this is, you know, this happened, and this is how I'm feeling about it, but, you know. See, I don't really agree. I know that's how you perceive it. I look at it as I came to you and told you what had happened. And I did have another day planned. And I did think that you were justified in being upset because I would have been upset had the roles been reversed. But you didn't give me ultimatums. You didn't say, Julie, I'm upset. This, this person is a jerk. I don't think you should go out with them again. I don't think you should do this, which would have been an ultimatum. It would have made me choose between upsetting you or doing what I wanted to do. Right, to being being my own person. And you didn't give that kind of minute. So I don't really feel that you overstepped. I think you were justifiably upset when someone obviously treated your partner with disrespect. But I think that you were you made you helped me be very aware of the fact now, hey, Julie, this person is stepping on your boundary pretty hard. Are you sure? Proceed with caution was more of what I got from you. Yeah, I think maybe in retrospect, I wanted to be more like, hey. <laughs> Were you only that way in your head, Matt? <laughs> I, I, think I, I think I was in, in, in retrospect. But Matt, I, you're blushing a little. <laughs> I am a little bit. But so the second date, though, did prove... It, did what, prove, it proved everything, didn't it? The proof is in the pudding. It is. And I think in my head, I'm like, yes, yes. 
Now that's really blushing, ladies and gentlemen. I think, and just so you know. I think Julie's blushing too a little bit, actually. To make our dear Matt blush is so exceptionally easy. Ladies, you can make him blush so easily. And it is adorable. It really is. It's about the cutest thing ever. <laughs> I got nothing. And he's speechless. <laughs> but yes, you cannot that's it that's like that. You cannot over communicate in a relationship, I don't think. I think sharing sharing is caring. I, I think so too. And I think the important thing is that like is to know your partner and to really know when to check in. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, it, it's funny that, that we're talking about this tonight because today, for example, I was on the phone with you and immediately you were like, hey, what's going on? Oh, you knew your opening sentence, your opening. Hello. I can tell when there's something, something is not right in that word. Right. And it's amazing to me how easily you pick up on that. And I, I had stuff going on work today i had other things that happened throughout the day and it was just like it was it was one of those days when things just like it starts out okay and then things just start falling apart as the day goes on sometimes you're the bug sometimes you're the windshield sometimes you're the bear and sometimes the bear gets you sometimes you get the bear sometimes the bear gets you i like bug and windshield but okay yeah whatever yeah I don't know, I've had some bugs hit the windshield that I don't want to be the bug. <laughs> right? <laughs> but the, the point to this, ladies and gentlemen, is that um, it is easy for me to know when something is up with Matt. A sentence, a phrase, a look, and I can tell that he's off, that something isn't quite right. He's frustrated, he's angry, he's upset. There's something going on. And so I carry that knowledge over to when we are with um, other couples, when we swing, when we are in a quad dating, if we're out on double dates with um, our metamors, I can definitely tell when something is not quite right with him. And I know that he knows the same thing about me. I, I totally do. And it's funny because it's it's easy to pick up on. Because if you really have an open communication and you really communicate about a lot of things um, with your partner, now it, it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be even with, with ethical non monogamy. It can be with just everyday things. You know, I mean there's things that happen in our lives that doesn't have, that that has nothing to do with either swinging or being in a quad or being, um, you know, out with another couple or, or another individual. And we just, we talk about everything and we talk about how we're feeling, what's going on in our lives, things with our families and everything else. And it's, it's amazing that the little idiosyncrasies that we can pick up on. Mm-hmm. Like I can tell immediately when, Julie is had a bad bad day or she's got off the phone with someone and it's just like I can just tell or when she's really super nervous or when she's super excited about something and um, she just has little uh, attributes that you can pick up on and little cues and little little things that she does and I think that's the important thing too is paying attention to your partner and paying attention to not only what they're saying, but listening and hearing what they're saying and also watching their bodies. 
because your body says so much sometimes. You know, um, your body will tell you things that your mouth and your mind don't want to don't want to let out. For sure. But there is one thing that you always do for me when when I am not quite right. You say, "What is it that you ask me?" Where are you at? Where are you at? That's a good one. And can you tell me more? Yeah. You ask me that. How does that make you feel? How are you feeling? That's another one. Matt is really good about asking me all those questions. And sometimes I think he's kind of like a CSI detective getting to the bottom of a case because I'll say, well, I'm fine. And you're like, are you fine? And he will keep asking those gentle questions even when I don't want to answer, and oh my goodness, there are times when what's bothering me, I don't want to talk about it, but Matt knows that I need to. And that is caring and really being connected to your partner and really having that communication be strong with them. Because sometimes we don't want to talk about the stuff that's just really got us bogged down, but we need to let it out. It's just eating us up inside and we need to let it out. And I think that's a very... Okay, that you brought that up is very interesting because that was brought up to me by someone else and they shared that information with me. And for you gentlemen out there who might be listening, this is very, very key. You never want to ask your partner what, how, when, and why. Because that automatically puts them on the defensive. Oh, is that why you say can? Yes. I try never to ask you what's wrong. Oh, I never realized that. See, you learn something new about your partner every day. Yeah, because it automatically makes you defensive. Huh. And, like, guys, I mean, women... Okay, so this was also... This is my analogy, and women, you're welcome to email us and... Um, oh boy! Give us your two cents, okay? So are you sure about that? I'm pretty sure about this. <laughs> okay, this is my analogy, and, and you feel free to correct me if you're wrong. Okay, no. so okay, picture a computer screen. Okay, you have window, a window up. Okay, guys, we can see one window at a time. We have to close that window to be able to see another window. Okay, we can't. All right, now for women, okay, women can have fifteen. 20, 30 screens open at one time, and you know exactly what's going on on every single screen. Now, one of them may be pulled up to the front, but you still know what's going on in the background behind that one big screen, okay? And that's how your mind works. Us guys, we're one screen at a time. That's all we can really focus on. So that's my analogy of how guys' minds work, and women's minds work. <laughs> and I'm welcome to hear any interpretation of anything different than that. Oh my goodness. I could say so many. I have so many witty comments. My brain is on overload. Like all 30 screens are firing at the same time. But like me, I got one screen open. Okay. I mean, and that's where my, my brain is. And that's when I ask you, how are you feeling? Or not necessarily how are you feeling? Can you tell me more? You know? Can you explain how that makes you feel? Or can you explain the feeling that you're having? I just thought you were going all therapist on me when you do that. I am in a sense, but I mean, at the same time, I don't want to back you in the corner and I don't want to make you feel defensive. Mm. 
but I'm very gingerly because if I was talking to another guy, I'd be like, dude, what's going on? Right. You know, seriously, you know, your one screen's malfunctioning. No, not necessarily that, but I mean, it's, it's like, sorry, I'm sorry. I couldn't, I couldn't resist. No, it's okay. <laughs> but if I was talking to a friend of mine, I'd be like, you know, come on, man, what's going on? You know, pull your, pull your boots up, pull your boots up and let's get going. It's not a big deal. But, but as a woman, it's completely different. I can't tell you to go, hey, you know, hike your britches up and let's keep going, right? As men, we are taught, it doesn't matter what it is. You just keep marching forward. You keep going and it's not, it's not a big deal. But in reality, it is because, because that event that I spoke about earlier it stayed with me for 40 years. Okay. And that singular event that happened and that was, it's not a super bad event. It's not something that was super traumatic, but when that event happened, it was. And in, in, in retrospect, in retrospect as an adult, it, it really wasn't that it's not that big of a deal. But when I was a child, Okay, it was. And for the listeners out there, it really is, it's not, it's not, it's, I'm making this a bigger deal than what you probably are imagining. And it's really not, it's, it's, as an adult, it makes perfect sense. But as a child, when I was a child, it it really wasn't. It it, it It was was beyond your comprehension. It was beyond, exactly. Thank you. It was very beyond my comprehension as, as a child, why this was happening. And and for our listeners, he is not describing anything that happened to him. Um, he was not abused or anything like that. He's he's talking about a financial situation. Right. It was a financial situation that I couldn't wrap my head around as a child. But it just it was it was not. It just didn't make sense. But it scarred you. Traumatic. It was a traumatic. It, it did, and it actually it didn't it didn't manifest itself until later. Later. And, and it was weird how it came all about. But it, anyway, I, I, I talked to a therapist about it and I'm much in a much better place. Um, Therapy is important and wonderful. and Everyone should consider that if they need to talk things out. There is absolutely, it is an absolutely wonderful thing. I can't say enough positive things about individual therapy, couples therapy. I've been to triad therapy. I, I've actually gone to a therapist in a triad before it there is that is the best way to learn how to communicate with your partner i really i firmly believe that i think that even a couple of sessions will open your mind up to how to talk to each other how to integrate the right questions and how to be how to create that safe that safe place to discuss without judgment well, I think the important thing for our listeners to remember as well is that you have to be receptive. You absolutely do. You have to want to hear it. You you have to be you have to be able to put yourself in a difficult situation. And that and what I mean by that is you have to be able to have someone say, This is what's going on, this is what's bothering me, and this is why. And you have to be receptive and open enough to be able to with that communication to be able to open yourself up to listening to that and being aware of, well, 
okay, maybe I was a jerk and maybe I didn't quite understand what they were saying and I was going off emotion and not listening to what they were saying. And you have to want to be there. And it just can't be like, you can't just show up. Right. And it's not always easy. And you may not get it right the first time. And you may try to have a conversation like this and one of you might fly off the handle a little bit. But practice makes perfect. And right. you have to keep trying. Absolutely. And if you if you, if you you want it and you want to work at it, then it'll work. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't matter if it's between myself and Julie or if it's between myself and Julie and Jane Doe and John Doe. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it really can be... In any any stage with anyone, um, you know, we all have those people that in our lives that just kind of rub us a little bit the wrong way, <laughs> you know. <Love> and it, it. <laughs> um, so I think that learning to deal that helps us grow um, as a person mm-hmm. and to understand individuals a little bit more. Sometimes that can be a challenge for me. I mean, I I have the temper that goes along with this red hair occasionally. Do you? Sometimes. You'd be surprised, Matt. Sometimes. I've seen a little bit of it not directed towards me, thank goodness. Well, that's just because you're so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> well, we hope that this conversation about communication helps you, helps you learn a little more about your partner, and helps you feel more comfortable being able to go to your partner or partners and say, hey, I need to talk to you. I need to, we need to create a safe space to have this discussion, a non-judgmental, non-threatening space. Yeah, I, I wanted to say, touch on this really quick. If you guys decide to go see uh, seek professional counseling, don't be afraid to go to a counselor. And, and if you don't really kind of mesh up with that person, don't be afraid to look around. Absolutely. Yeah, you're not beholden to any one person. Yeah. And that's, you need to go to the place where you feel that you can open up. And if you don't feel like you can, then you're not in the right place for yeah. sure. And if you do want to go talk to your partner or partners, or you decide to go to counseling or therapy that go into it with an open mind and don't be, and it's going to be difficult and you're going to be put in a position where it's not going to be comfortable or it's not going to be the most um, wonderful position to be in, but you know what? You're going to grow and you're going to come out on the back end a lot better off than when you were in the front end. If you just open yourself up and allow that safe space to exist. Absolutely. And just to reiterate, neither Matt nor I are licensed professional counselors or therapists in any way. These thoughts and opinions inside this podcast are just that. They're just our thoughts and the things that we share among our own relationships. So please, if you are in need of professional help, please seek it. And please, um, Do your best to be mentally healthy and happy. Absolutely. Thank you guys very much for joining us. Please like and subscribe. And if you have any questions or concerns, or if you want to just shout out and say hello, uh, please reach out to us at American-Poly.com. Until next time. I'm Julie. And I'm Matt. And thank you for listening to American Poly. 